Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications with Pastor James Dumont of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. The Word of the Lord says this in Exodus 14. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Lift up your rod, stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. The Lord spoke this morning and said, I am the God of the impossible. I am the God of the impossible. Do you understand the story in the Bible? There's the Egyptian army is bearing down on the Israelites. And the sea is in front of them. And they're between the rock and the hard place. But God. But God does the impossible. And you notice here what He does. He tells Moses which way to turn. He tells Moses which way to turn because they could go back and fight or they could go through the sea. Both seemed impossible. He told them which way to go. And then what did he tell them to do? Hold out the rod. Which is God going before you. Making the way. Parting the seas. What he's telling us this morning is I will do the impossible for you. I will do the impossible for you. The Word says, with Him, all things are possible. All things are possible. And so this morning, if you face an impossibility in your life, you say, you know what? I am between the proverbial rock and a hard place. I don't know which way to turn. I don't know what to do. I am telling you this morning that we serve the God of the impossible. And He can do all things. And He will strengthen you. And He will lead you. And He will guide you. And He will take you through something that you never thought possible that you could walk through. If that's you this morning, just lift your hand up. I want to pray for you this morning. I'm not going to ask you to come up. Just lift up your hand where you're at. Hallelujah. Hands up. I see them. Father, this morning... We lift up our hands to You. You are the God of the impossible. When you walk into the room, sickness must flee. When you walk into the room, provision must come. When you walk into the room, clear direction must come. Father, we thank You. You are lighting our paths. You are making a way. And right now, I speak to every situation in which this per- the people's hands are raised. And I speak now in the name of Jesus. Now you are doing the impossible. Now you are doing the impossible. In the name of Jesus. You are parting those seas. You are raising the dead to life. You are providing healing. And the finances. And the resources needed. You are restoring relationships. You are doing the impossible. We will no longer toil. We will no longer strive. We will rest and we'll be at peace with you because you are doing the impossible. And we thank you that you are doing it for us this morning. We praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. We thank you for these things. We thank you for these things. And you he made alive who were dead. He made you alive. Though you were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, who now works in the sons of Jesus, amongst them also we conducted ourselves. Verse 4 says, though, but God. This morning, but God. 
every situation, every impossibility, you have to remember two words coming out of here this morning. But God. That's it. But God. Every situation you face this week, uh uh-uh, but God. He is going before me. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love which which He loved us. He loves us. And He's doing the impossible for us this morning. Father, we thank You as we close out this time of worship. You are the God of the impossible. You do immeasurably more than we could ask, think, imagine, even believe. And Father, this morning, I pray that our faith will grow even as small as a mustard seed. For if we have that faith of a mustard seed, you promise us that that mountain will move. And nothing will be impossible. So Father, we thank you for that faith that comes from you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit leading and guiding and directing us. I thank you, Lord, that you are doing the impossible, that you are bringing what was once dead back to life. What was once dead, you are bringing back to life. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Amen. Turn around and say hello to someone. Greet someone maybe you haven't seen before and say glad you're here. All right. We ready to continue to worship the Lord with our giving this morning? Amen. I'm not sure. Did you get? Hello? You guys ready to continue to worship the Lord with our giving this morning? There we go. There's someone there. All right. Amen. I'm ready. If you need an offering envelope, just slip your hand up so one of the ushers uh, can serve you uh, now. Here's what the Lord gave to me uh, this morning. Luke 6.38. It says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And I've read that scripture many a times, and I didn't quite get the, in the same measure that you use. So in the same measure that we see our finances, in the same measure that we begin to use our finances for the good of the kingdom, for blessing others, for tithing, for giving offering, for blessing, then it becomes measured back to us. I've read this like a hundred times and I've not seen that before. For the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. And so when we are bubbling over with gladness, with thankfulness, as we're giving with a cheerful heart, what begins to happen? It's given back to us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You know, Rich had a word on Wednesday night that said, you know, we serve a God that doesn't do it three quarters or halfway. He does it all. He takes care of all of it. And when I read that, press down, if your cup's running over, I'm pretty sure he's taken all of it. Amen? How many of us would love to have a cup that's running over in every area of our life? Amen. In our relationships, he takes care of all of it. We serve a God, a full God that takes care of absolutely everything. So it's a blessing, provision in God's provisional life is a blessing because what does it mean? It means that we have enough to meet the needs of others. Not just so we can have a nicer car. It means so we can meet the needs of others. Not just my own needs, but the needs of others. And this whole awakening fast and what we're working on in our scripture verse in Matthew 6 is seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else begins to take care of itself. As the Passion Translator says, the less important things begin to take care of themselves. So this morning, I'd like my cup to be runneth over. How about you? Let's be cheerful givers this morning. And let's use wisely the, the finances and the resources that God has given us. And so that our, he turns around and our cup then runneth over. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning. That you are the great I am that you go out before us, that you take care of everything that concerns us. Thank you that you are good and you do good. 
and your mercies are good each and every day. And Father, we just pray a blessing over these tithes and these offerings. I just pray that you bless each person today. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, enjoy a special music this, this morning. Good morning, church. All right. I feel like we're on uh, Oprah or something here. <laughs> Are you candid camera? <laughs> All right. Well, that was awesome, Justin, and uh, that is the true heart of God. And I'll tell you what, I couldn't help but thinking, as he was thinking that, how grateful uh, I am that he came and rescued me. Anybody here relate to that? Hallelujah. And, you know, that's what God's word is uh, to us this year. Uh, provision and harvest. Amen. So um, we're going to share this morning, and this is, we're kind of excited about sharing. It's, it's sort of officially um, our last, uh, in, in our present position that we're transitioning from, our our last opportunity to share before uh, the weekend coming up with which I'll speak of in just a moment. So let's just begin in, with a word of prayer if we can. Father, uh, how wonderful it is to just to be here this morning and just to uh, sense your presence here, just the peace that comes from your presence and the joy, Father, and, and so, Lord, we, we, again, we welcome you today. Thank you for this opportunity to share. And, Lord, we'll give you all of the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Uh, our, our title of our message today and the theme that we're getting ready to go into as we transition is, is a time of rejoicing. A time of rejoicing. And... Um, I, uh, I chose a scripture that I think is, uh, is very appropriate. And I, as I read this, I thought, you know, how many of you have heard that the shortest uh, verse of the Bible is Jesus wept? Well, I think I found the second shortest one. I didn't count the letters, but 1 Thessalonians 5.16, uh, it says this. If we could get that. It says, rejoice always. <laughs> <clears throat> So I think that probably would, you know, fall into the category as, as the second shortest. Probably just a few more letters in there than Jesus wept. But, um, you know, this, this is a time of rejoicing for us as a church. It's a time of rejoicing for us personally. And we've got uh, planned, I don't know all of the plans, that's kind of a nice position that I'm in now. I don't know everything that's going on, and, but I know things are going on, and that's, and that's good. But coming up on the weekend of Saturday uh, the 26th and Sunday the 27th, we're going to do some rejoicing Amen. here at Erie Christian Celebrating. Fellowship. Celebrating and rejoicing, and that Saturday evening... Uh, we have a uh, special service planned, of which I'm not fully aware, but I'm going to show up and be here. <laughs> and, uh, and then on the following morning, on Sunday the 27th, we're so excited about this because we're going to formally be handing the baton to Pastor Jason and Liz Yay. and give them a big hand clap. Yay. I just, uh, you know... I, I sit there and listen to the encouragement that he constantly gives us, sharing from his heart, you know, the things that God has quickened to him and both he and Liz always uh, having an, a, an encouraging word. And I am so thrilled uh, about the future that God has for us and for our church. And so what I've done is, this morning, as Pam and I share, 
I've broken down into three different categories uh, of areas for us to rejoice. And the first one is to rejoice for the past. Rejoice for the past. And the Bible says in Psalm 126, verse number 3, it says, The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Man, that's a good word. How many of you could say that this morning? The Lord has done great things for me, and and we're glad. We appreciate that. And we, we ought to celebrate and rejoice at, uh, at what God has done in the past for us. Uh, as I was preparing this and thinking about this, uh, I was thinking about one of the things that I am most grateful for in my life is coming to know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, uh, appreciating uh, my salvation and realizing, you know, why what we do is so important because there are people that don't have the knowledge that we have. People have never come to faith in Christ. And I'm very grateful to my wife. Uh, I've shared our story in the past where how I came to know Jesus. I actually went to save her from the religious fanatics. (laughs) And I came back as one of them. And uh, I I had a very dramatic conversion experience. This was uh, back in 1976. I drove to upstate New York uh, because I had heard that Pam had gone to a place called Love In. So that ought to make you a little suspicious, you know. (laughs) But it was a place in Ithaca, New York, uh, and uh, Scott Ross, some of you may recognize that name, and uh, but at any at any rate, she had. Uh, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. That she was got the filled thing. With the Phil <laughs> Phil Keggy. How many of you heard of Phil Keggy? Yeah. Phil Keggy laid hands on her, and she was filled with the Holy Ghost. And I called her, and I knew something was different. I hadn't prayed for a long time. Been years. Been a long time since I was an altar boy, and I had been dismissed summarily from the altar boys, and, um, but I made a decision I was going to either go out and uh, save her from the religious fanatics or find out if there was any truth to it. And uh, on Pam's dorm room floor, uh, I, uh, I had an, an encounter with God that was life-changing. Uh, I cried out, from the core of my being, God, I have got to know you. Um, Pam had suggested we pray, and I said, sure. But I didn't realize that she had learned a new language. And so she began to pray in her prayer language, and I went, whoa! But it sure caught my attention. And, um, but I could only cry out to God and say, God, I have got to know you. I have got to to know you. And that's all I could say. That's all I knew to say. God, I've got to know you. And all of a sudden, I had an awareness of uh, how far I was from God. I knew um, in a general sense that I was a lost sinner. And then I also knew in very specific detail of how I had sinned and that I was responsible. And uh, and, and I was laying on the floor in a puddle of tears, bawling my eyes out, and Pam didn't know what to do. She said, God, what do I do? What do I do? She was getting a little concerned that security was going to come up. This was Easter weekend, and uh, I wasn't supposed to be in the girl's dorm. And you, you were really weeping. You were kind of loud. I was loud. <laughs> I was bawling my eyes up because I knew how lost I was. I knew how lost I was. And all I could say was, God, I have got to know you. And she kept saying, what do I do, God? And she said, all of a sudden, it was like she had a billboard in the front of her. And on that billboard, uh, it was Matthew 9, 2. So she ran over 
to get her Bible because she had no idea what that verse was. And she opened her Bible, and in that verse, it was a red letter. And this is Jesus speaking in this verse, and he said, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And that went through me like, uh, like a sword going through you. It just, it just uh, Jesus was in that room. And then I began to bawl my eyes out and cry because, my God, I'm forgiven. <laughs> you know, I knew how lost I was. I knew how far from God I was. And now I'm wailing because I'm forgiven. And so Pam's getting nervous because security's going to come in. What's going on in that room? And she said that all of a sudden, uh, it was like she saw another billboard in front of her. And on that billboard said Luke 7, verse 13 and 14. And so she ran over to get her Bible, and she found Luke 7, 13 and 14. And in that verse, Jesus says, Do not weep, young men, I say to you, arise. And... So she put that underneath my nose. She took the Bible and put it underneath my nose. And again, it went through me. And, uh, and I, I stood up. I was able to get up at that point. I got up and I had a vision. And I, I saw multitudes of people, just multitudes of people. And God spoke to me and he said, that's the fate of people that do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And it just shook us at the core. We had no idea at all what to do with this. We, we didn't realize that it was a call to ministry. We, we were, I mean, uh, we were not uh, connected to church, had no idea at all, um, but it stayed with us. And we're very grateful for God's guidance in our life because uh, we ended up uh, eventually finishing school, uh, having a desire to go on and to get some kind of training, uh, not having any resources, not any, any means or any way or any door of entering into ministry. And... Uh, you know, God's always working even when it seems like it's not working. And I remember, I remember uh, getting ready to graduate and saying, God, I don't know what the next step is. I have no idea. I had heard about fasting and prayer. And I said, I'm going to fast and I'm going to seek your will. And I did that. And uh, just about a couple of weeks later, I saw... Some, they were looking for a water quality planner up in northern Maine. I'm, I don't have time to give that whole story. Get the book, because it's going to be in the book. <laughs> but God moved us to northern Maine, and from living up there, we found out about a Bible school in Oklahoma, which we eventually went to that really changed our life, Rainbow Bible Training Center. Because we learned about the power of God's word. And we learned about the authority of God's word. And we learned the core things that strengthen our life. The core things that are today and we, we trust we've been able to impart into the lives of other people. The authority of the believer and, and, and uh, the power of words. Life and death and the power of the tongue. And, uh, and so we learned about faith. We learned about faith. And uh, Brother Paul has shared from, you know, some of you know that he's a faith guy too. Uh, I think this might be his favorite scripture, but maybe today anyway. But Habakkuk 3, and it says this. Though the fig tree may not blossom nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, I will rejoice in the Lord. 
I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me to walk on my high hills. So I love that. We see, we, we learned we walk by faith and not by sight. We learned that we don't judge by our present circumstances. We judge by the authority of what the Word of God says. And we learned that we can build our life on God's Word. And that was life-changing for us. You know, God gets excited when we get excited about His Word and when we put pressure on His Word, when we lean onto His Word. Uh, there's an athlete, how many of you have heard of Shaquem Griffin? Well, that's good. You probably, how many of you have heard of Pat Brady? <laughs> or Tom Brady, yeah. Tom Brady, yeah. <laughs> Well, Shaquem Griffin, Shaquem Griffin, I believe he's with the Seattle Seahawks. He's a quarterback. No, he's not a quarterback. He's, a, he's an NFL player. He has one arm. Can you imagine having one arm and playing in the NFL? See, he didn't, he didn't let that become an excuse. He didn't, he didn't let that, you know, disqualify him for the plans and purposes that God had for his life. I just love that example that he sets. That's an example of strong overcoming faith. Tenacious resolve. It's the, it's the spirit that, uh, that Caleb had. He said, give me that mountain. And those are the kinds of things that we learn, that we rejoice in that have changed our life, and we believe have changed many people's lives. Isaiah 12 and verse number 3 says this, Therefore with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So I'm talking about rejoicing. I'm talking about rejoicing. Rejoicing in what God has done. Rejoicing in the, in the, in the victory that Jesus won for us on Calvary. I'm talking about remembering what he did and rejoicing and being strong and, and going for everything that God has for us. But then we ought to rejoice in the present. Rejoice in the present. And Philippians chapter 2 and verse 16 says, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. You see, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. And he's talking to the next generation. He's talking to the disciples that are going to be following in Jesus' footsteps and in his footsteps. He says, you hold fast to the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. He's going, you know what, there's greater fruitfulness that is going to be coming. Because he said, I've done my part. I, I've delivered the word to you. And, and he says, you know what, I'm encouraging. You take hold, you take fast hold of that word of God. Don't let go of it. Amen. You can go even farther. There's even greater miracles. There are greater realms and spheres of influence. There are even more miracles and things that God wants to do. And, and so Paul is rejoicing in this present because he's looking. He's, put that back up there if you could. He's, he's looking, he's looking at, at, uh, at the believers that he's been a part in, in uh, impacting and bringing to faith on Wednesday evening, I shared from a passage of Scripture where there's made mention of Paul's kinfolk who prayed for him who were in the faith before he was. They prayed him in to the kingdom. And Paul said, I've done my part. Now I want you to hang on to the word because I want to rejoice that I've not run in vain or labored in vain.
I'm going to turn this over to Pam. Um, thank you. <laughs> it is indeed an honor to sit here. And um, as we begin this beautiful uh, transition, and it's really been remarkable, this whole entire thing is remarkable. We celebrate the past, the present, and the future. Jesus says he, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so here we are right in the middle of one of the most remarkable transitions we've ever heard of. One of the reasons that we began this transition months and many years ago, we began processing and praying about this, was we began to see all our ministry peer friends. We have a lot of pastor friends, and we began to notice nobody has anybody to turn their church over to. And it has become a constant conversation. And Jim and I would look at each other and we go, how blessed are we? Look at this couple that God has placed. And and so there, this transition is a time of incredible celebration. It's a time of great joy. Time of passing the papers. <laughs> <laughs> And so in um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, it talks about running the race that is set before us. And to set our eyes on Jesus and not on the encumbrances all around us. For Jesus who endured the cross for the joy set before him. In that one verse, you hear set before him twice. One is a directive to us to lay and set before us the Lord Jesus. And the second one was Jesus who endured the cross for the joy set before him and that was us. This, we serve a God who is a great big designer and a master planner. Yes. He designed us to be born at this time, at this season, in this generation. For he knew the Lord had need of you. Amen. He didn't have need of you in 1832. He had need of you today. Amen. And when we let go and let God be the master designer, the planner, things flow really well. Yes. He is, we are in a race before us. We are essentially in a, a relay race. The ministry has continued for 2,000 years. And the baton has been passed from one generation to the next generation. And in any race, relay race, there is a time, a zone, that you can pass that baton. If you pass it too soon or you pass it too late, you drop the baton. And you don't Feel the victory of that win. You'll get there. You'll get to the end. But that sweet victory will not be there. So part of this is when do you pass the baton? This is when we pass the baton. You listen ever closely to the uh, the instructions of the master designer. And in... In Jesus' own life, there came a time he needed to pass batons to the disciples. Their first reaction was grief. Oh, no. In John chapter 16, they're, they're moaning, they're grieving. The loss, first of all, of Jesus, that he would be leaving. But can you imagine what it, to have the whole gospel placed in your hands? Can you imagine how scared they were? Can you imagine? I mean, all of us, even with training, we, there isn't a person that stands up on the platform that does not have an ounce of reverential fear and trepidation. If you ever get up on this stage and you don't have it, you should not be there. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't. So can you imagine the disciples being past this baton? And Jesus says, I tell you the truth. 
Now, let's just take a pause real quick. Have you ever noticed how many times Jesus has to say that in the word? I tell you the truth. Isn't that a pitiful thing? That he has to say, I'm telling you the truth. Over and over and over and over. I did a study one time about how many times Jesus, when he was talking, had to tell the people, look, I'm being real with you here. I'm telling you the truth. Listen up. So he says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit cannot come. When Jesus went away, the ministry didn't diminish. It multiplied. That's right. It multiplied. Whenever there is a passing of baton to the next season upon the, on the directive and on the unction of the Holy Ghost, the ministry multiplies. Guys, we are in the middle of a multiplication, and we don't even know it yet. And if we go and we look at another story in the word about a multiplication, it was the multiplication of the loaves and fishes. That is a tremendous principle for us to look at. These people had followed Jesus for how long? And we, we have, we've been at that place where this miracle occurred. If that miracle occurred today... With roads, just the walk from where they were to the next city would have been arduous today. But back then, there was nothing. These people followed Jesus, and their supplies were gone. Thousands of them. They ate every bit of food that they had brought with them. And there was one little boy's lunch left. Do you know how precious that little lunch was? There was no fast food, no no food trucks. They had used up everything that they had. And all that was left was this little boy's lunch and this little boy with a great big heart who gave it. And Jesus did a miracle of multiplication, but they didn't know that it was a miracle. He did not pray, and suddenly, woof, mountains of fish and bread were before them. The miracle occurred when he blessed it, and then they began to share it. They broke off some bread, and they took some of the fish, and they gave it to the person behind them who broke it off and took it, and they gave it to the person behind them. A miracle of multiplication was taking place, and nobody knew it until the end. That's right. That is how God works. When we pass the loaves and the fishes, when we pass the batons, a miracle of multiplication is occurring. Saints, we are right in the middle of a huge miracle of multiplication. And we're in the middle of the beginning of it. We haven't seen it yet. What happened with, with Jim has just gone on and on and on and on. This week we were interviewed by Inspiration Network, and it's going on to their website and then the, the, the uh, recording of it, of our interview, is going on to CBN. And it's also going on to the Inspiration Act where TV, which used to be PTL. And everywhere I go, people say, I'm telling your story. I, I, can, tell, I can witness now. People are listening. That is a multiplication. We are in the middle of it. And as we pass this baton to very capable hands, what's going to happen in the future? Oh, my. Oh, my. Last time I shared, I shared a statistic that we have 3,000 times the resources needed to win the whole world for the gospel, and 9,000 times the personnel needed. 
The only thing that Jesus needs is for us to pass the baton. For us to share the gospel. For a miracle just to keep encompassing. And so what does the Lord have for us? He has the whole great commission. Hello. If those 11 disciples scared out of their minds could win the world upside down because of the Holy Spirit living in them, how much more us with the word. This is a time of celebration. We're going to look back at this just as the people look back and they saw the 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. They're going to go, what has God done? Mm -hmm. Saints, we're right in the middle of it. You won't recognize this church in a year. Mm -hmm. If we all do what we are called to do and start sharing everywhere we go, I mean, it's it's easy to share. Just get over your chicken. (laughs) Jesus is on your side and the Holy Spirit is compelling you. If you're so passionate with him, people can see. You don't need to know all the doctrines of faith and memorize a thousand scriptures. You just have to be like Christ and loving. We can do this. We, this is a time of rejoicing like we have never seen. And in the future, oh, hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) so where are we going we're going into the highways and the byways yeah we're going to be preaching the gospel like we've never preached it amen we're going to share an experience of a relationship with a a lord who is present in the past he's present in the today and oh we will meet him in our future Saints, it's a time to rejoice. Amen. It is a time to celebrate. We've just begun. Amen. Amen. And I'm supposed to follow up on that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it's amazing how how many uh, doors of opportunity have been opened because of my people are very excited about hearing about a miracle and hearing about what God can do. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to be in, um, in Lancaster and uh, preaching at a church in Lancaster. And so we're very excited about uh, what God wants to do, rejoicing in our present. But we also want to rejoice in our future. Zephaniah 3.17, I love this verse. The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. You know, we're talking about rejoicing here. And this verse is telling us that the Lord is rejoicing over us. Amen. You know, the Bible tells us that in Hebrews, you know, we have a cloud of witnesses. They're cheering us on. You know, sometimes I think about those that have that are now standing in his presence and they're thinking about woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, had I, had I pushed a little harder, you know, just uh, 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 taken more advantage of those opportunities. I don't want to have those kinds of regrets. The Lord is rejoice. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. Isn't that powerful? He will quiet you with his love. It's like this morning as we worship the Lord and as we just bask and enjoy his presence. Your spirit is is just brought to peace. There may be storms happening around you, but where the Lord is, there is peace. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. So there is rejoicing for us all in the future. So I want to remind, remind us of the weekend coming up.
on the 26th and the 27th. Saturday evening on the 26th. Uh, I'm not sure. We're going to show up. <laughs> and on the 27th, we're going to push Pastor Jason out of the boat. <laughs> I'd like to also just add one more thing. How you go into a new season of change, your heart, your temperament, your mindset, your faith, your joy, will determine how you get through it. Yes. If you go into a season of change with apprehension and fear, you're going to realize, you know what? Nothing is as bad as I thought it was. That's right. You're going to realize that your fears are a terrible waste. Mm-hmm. Of imagination. That's exactly right. But if we go into every change, every season, and you all, we all go through seasonal changes. That's right. And if, if we go into those changes with joy, That's faith, right. hope, expectation, and know That's that right. Jesus has never left us or forsaken us, That's right. we're going to get to the end of that season yes. with a whole lot less battle scars, a whole lot more joy, and we'll get to the next season faster. That's like the scripture. With joy, you draw from the wells of salvation. Amen. You, you, cannot, you cannot allow fear or doubt or, or any of that to gain a foothold in your life. You've got to... You've got to take the upper hand because we do have the upper hand. We've got the victory. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. I was uh, with my pastor's group last Friday. I've been with this group for over 20 years now probably. And, you know, there's been different people that have come and gone and been a part of it. But one of the, one of the pastors was making inquiry about our transition. He goes... He said, you know, man, I just, I don't, I don't understand. You're just so at peace with this, you know. You're just, you're not sweating anything. It's like, what's there to sweat? It's all good, you know. It's all good because we've seen God's faithfulness. We're seeing his faithfulness. Listen, and he never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Years ago, and I'll wrap it up with this. Down at the Montessori school, when the church was just getting started, I remember, I still remember that day, walking through the basement and praying, and the Lord spoke to my heart, and I wrote this down, and I still remember, and I recount it, and he said this to me, he said, greater realms and spheres of influence, he said, pray for it, believe it, and expect it. Greater realms and spheres of influence. And so there are greater realms and there are greater spheres of influence that God has for our church and for our body and for us individually. So let's stand and pray this morning if we could do that. Father, we are so excited that we are living in a time of rejoicing. And Father, I thank you this morning, Father. I thank you today, Father, that your word declares that the path of the righteous is brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. And oh, Father, this morning we're so grateful that you've called us for such a time as this. Father, as we stand before you, we resolve in our heart, Father, to live with greater passion, greater determination, greater peace, greater expectation, Father. Father, to live our lives Fully devoted, Father, to your plans and purposes. Father, I just thank you for this great congregation, Father. Thank you for all that you have done, Father, and all that you're going to do. Father, the, the best is yet to come. 
You said, lift up your eyes and look. And so, Father, thank you that we have eyes to see, Father, and courage that fills our hearts. Bless, Father, Erie Christian Fellowship. Bless, Father, every family, every ministry, every home, every child, Father. Oh, God, I thank you for greater miracles that we're going to hear of and speak of and observe and be part of happening, Father. We love you today, Lord, and we bless you. We give you the praise, all the glory, and all the honor in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, this is it, huh? Well, not yet. We still have the end of the month. So. We thought we would be so teary-eyed. We have happy feet. We're dancing. We're excited. Amen. Good job. Well done. Good and faithful servant. We've got some small group leaders that are going to be up on the front here. And you know what? Don't ever hesitate to come and receive prayer. That's why we're here. You know, this church, I've, I, I, one thing that people have said to us uh, many, many times over the years is that, you know, people love. And this is not a, a judgment zone. You know, this is like that workout place. I don't know which one, judgment-free workout or whatever. But you know what? If you need prayer, come and receive prayer. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, According to Acts 2.4, you can be, and you ought to be, because that was God's plan, amen, for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So come and receive prayer. We'll ask the smoke group leaders if you'll come forward at this point. And Pastor Jason, do you have anything before we, before we dismiss here? Hallelujah. We just bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. The altar is open this morning. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast with Pastor James Dumont of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.